Welcome. You guys ready for a little prophecy update? Yes. Good. A lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff that's going on in the world. That's for sure. Uh, before we do that, however, uh, I want to. I've noticed that just some things. Um, I, had, I had somebody tell me on a letter uh, that they were watching our prophecy update for a year and a half online somewhere on the East Coast, and they had no idea about our through the Bible uh, ministry and. Uh, and they were just like, wow, I didn't know you actually taught verse by verse. And I was like, well, I wanted to share that just a little bit. If you, if you don't know, um, just, just for those of you that are just, especially you that are out there online, um, uh, some of the stuff that you can do, of course, uh, many of you are probably watching on YouTube right now. Uh, um, you can watch live in the building here if you want. Uh, that's for the chosen few. Um, that's great. Love to have you guys all here. Um, you can watch online on YouTube. You can also go to our website at aethacreek.com and um, you can also watch it live there, but you can also go there, both YouTube and online after the fact, uh, whenever you want, and you can go to those places. Um, but also podcasts. Um, some people don't realize what podcasts, the difference really with podcasts and YouTube is this, that you can set your phone or your device or your computer or whatever, iPad, to sort of uh, load the latest podcasts of Athey Creek's teachings, and then it'll just kind of keep you up to speed in real time with what we're doing here with the church. Um, and it only keeps, you know, you can keep just five teachings, and then it'll dump the last one and keep things current. So you can kind of, as you're jogging, or uh, which I never do, um, <laughs> mow your lawn or whatever you like to do, you can listen. Uh, and that's where podcasts are kind of handy to keep those current if you want to keep up with us. Um, but, um, you know, by the way, on our website, you, um, you can go to our website and, um, and uh, just a few things you may not know about that. Um, uh, at our website, every book, every verse of the Bible, we have teaching uh, through the Bible, uh, verse by verse. We've been doing that since 1996. Uh, and there's, um, we've got a lot of Bible teaching on there. Every book, every verse of the Bible we've uh, been teaching through. And uh, some of the cool features of that is uh, you, can, uh, you can go to our um, website for that. Also, you can go to the Athey Creek app on your phone or your iPad. That's kind of cool. Um, but, but here's the thing you may not know. When you go to the, uh, the website, you can, you can click on the teachings uh, tab and, uh, and it'll get you kind of the teachings page and you can sort it by book of the Bible or even by topics. Um, you can sort it uh, by uh, special series. We've done special series like Ironworks, that's uh, studies for the men. We've done uh, for the last several years, um, just studies for men or studies for the women. Uh, great stuff there. Essential doctrines, I did a whole series on, series on essential doctrines of the Christian faith or discipleship. I did a series on the Holy Spirit. Those kinds of series are also there as you can sort through. But there's also a search function. If you're studying a certain topic and you just put in the search bar, um, you know, redemption. Uh, every teaching that I've done on redemption, uh, you can search right through it and it'll list those teachings. So it's actually pretty, like our web guys have uh, done some pretty good work here to make it so you can uh, uh, really have access to teaching. There's also a cool thing when you go to, and a lot of people, they don't know about this one too. When you go to the teachings, you know these keynotes that I use uh, and what have you with scripture verses and stuff, those are also available for most of the teachings. I say most because we only started that a few years ago, but the ones where we have that, you can click on the little PDF file and it'll get you the, um, the teaching notes 
uh, from, our, from our keynote. And then also what's kind of cool about that is not only do you, this is like the last prophecy updates, keynotes uh, stuff that we had, but there's a little, you can click, um, you know, click away and on the lower right corner, there's actually a link to those news articles, the things that I'm uh, referencing. You can uh, just get right to those if you wanted to go look them up yourself and what have you. So it's just kind of a nice feature um, uh, and it'll click you right into those websites and what have you. But but all that to say, um, uh, it's just all available for you. Uh, hopefully you can use that. But I gotta say, if you're into the prophecy updates, that's great, but I'm gonna tell you, our bread and butter, uh, I think the most important thing that we do is verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book through the Bible. So if you're just learning that we do that, man, jump in. Uh, there's, it's sad, it's, it, what's that? It's on, I'm on the radio. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, uh, if you're in Oregon, uh, you, you're on the radio. Uh, does, do people listen to the radio anymore? That's an interesting. You do, you listen to the radio? Okay. Um, oh wow! Look at that. You guys are radio listeners. Man, we got to start sending smoke signals and stuff to get you guys to get you guys up to speed. Uh, no, I, I'm just kidding. You know who I hear from on our radio program the most is truck drivers. Truckers listen to the radio. I hear that all the time. And it's kind of cool. So that's one of the reasons we keep it on is because I hear from you truckers out there saying, man, keep it going. And uh, so that's been kind of fun uh, to have that. So uh, yeah, that's, we've been doing that for a lot of years too on the radio there. Um, I don't even know where we're at. KPDQ, I think is 800 AM, True Talk. Yeah. Uh, 8.30 AM. See, this is great. You guys are telling me when I'm on the radio. Uh, see, some people think I'm sitting behind a mic at the radio station, you know. Uh, no, I'm not. Those are those are our through the Bible teachings uh, that we go on the on that particular thing. Well, anyway, uh, all that to say, jump on in and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, the, the, there's a couple reasons why that helps us. One is it gets. Um, uh, more, uh, uh, you know, the, all these uh, satanic algorithms and stuff. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It actually puts us on the map more, the more channels, uh, you know, people subscribe to our channel. And also I've noticed uh, there's been tens of thousands of people watching our Prophecy Update on other people's channels. Have you guys noticed that? That's kind of an interesting thing. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, Cause like one channel I went to, uh, I saw one of our Prophecy Updates had like 20,000 views on this guy's channel. And, uh, and then I saw all the other teachings that were on there. Like ooh, they're all kind of wacko. So he, I was, I was joined together with some wacko teaching. I was like, ooh, I don't know if I like that. But um, make sure and subscribe to the Athey Creek channel if you're wanting to watch the prophecy updates and uh, and also uh, our through the Bible teachings. Uh, just some things to think about. Uh, all that to say. Uh, this evening, I've got kind of a, an objective to, um, to try to tackle two main things that are very kind of unrelated. Well, they're all prophecy related, but uh, other than that, they're not really super related. But, uh, so we're just gonna try to tackle them both at, and just I'll, I'll just tell you when we're gonna shift gears, if you guys are up for that. Um, there's always so many things to cover, so many things to talk about, and it's a little tricky to cram it all in uh, only once a month. Uh, but I had a pastor ask me, uh, actually on a, on a radio program once, he asked me, how do you come up with stuff to do it once a month, he said. And I was, I, I, I was, I almost, I was just trying not to laugh. I mean, it was like, are you kidding? Like, I really probably should do that once a week, other than we have a church of over 10,000 people and I'm the pastor and I, I am more of a pastor than I am a Prophecy Update guy, as it turns out. So uh, once a month is all I got, but, uh, but there's enough to, there's enough to do uh, for sure. So um, why, don't you, uh, why don't you grab your Bible uh, and turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter uh, four. And I wanna talk to you about what Paul told young Timothy 
um, as far as the last days, the latter times, he talked about a seared conscience. And that's kind of the, um, the one um, beginning uh, point I'd like to start with. And um, you know, this, this is one of the reasons why I think being up to date on what, what the Bible says about the last days and prophecy, I'll tell you there's, there's so much a, uh, that's a benefit of that. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's all gonna pan out, whatever. You know, you guys talk about Bible prophecy, but there's so many good fruits that come from studying Bible prophecy. And, and um, one of those great fruits is um, when you see crazy things happening in the world, I find that when the Bible predicted that that would happen, it gives me great peace. It makes me realize that while the world is saying, oh, the world is falling apart. Um, well, if you're a Bible prophecy person and you see st stupid stuff happening, a lot of the stuff you can go, wow, it's not falling apart, it's coming together. It's coming together exactly the way the Lord said it would. And um, so when we see confirmation of attitudes, actions, worldviews that the Bible said would happen, it just gives me great comfort. And, and some people, they get freaked out by end times talks. Um, oh no, the end is near and everybody freaked out. But for the believer, the end is one of the greatest things that's ever gonna happen. Um, we know there's gonna be a tribulation period, but for the believer, we're gonna be taken up out of here before uh, all that hits uh, to the strongest effect. Don't get me wrong, there, there could be a lot of bad times between now and the rapture of the church. Um, and I think that's something we should be aware of. And it'd be arrogant for us to say that we're not gonna have any trouble uh, because what do you tell the Holocaust victims and uh, Corey Ten Boom and some of those people in history that went through hor horrific, they thought they were going through the tribulation uh, back then. But uh, so, so bad times do come and have come throughout history and they could still uh, very easily before the rapture of the church. But the worst of it for sure is gonna be the tribulation period. Jesus said that. There'll be no other time on the, on the planet earth that's gonna be as bad as the great tribulation that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24. But see, before the tribulation actually kicks into gear, the rapture of the church happens. And if you're uh, interested, two prophecy updates ago, I think it was, um, uh, let's see, where, what was that? March. Yeah, March, we did a whole thing on the why I believe in a pre-trib rapture, the March prophecy update. Um, and that, that's something, if you're curious about why we believe in a pre-trib rapture, did a whole, uh, I think 10 reasons why I believe that. We talked about that. But all that to say, um, one thing that I, I think we're seeing is this, this scripture uh, that we have from Paul the Apostle to Timothy talking about the seared conscience. And it's, it's there in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses one and two. Let's read this uh, as sort of a springboard to kind of observe what's going on in the world today. It says in 1 Timothy chapter four, verse one, now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Their conscience seared. Conscience, interesting word there, the, the word conscience. It actually, um, it, it, it's sort of, if you look it up in a dictionary, it's a little bit of knowing um, good and evil and, and, um, and in your own inner thoughts, your, the psychology of knowing what is good and what is evil. That's, that's that conscience. And, and uh, it, it's actually amazing how God built us to have a conscience, to know, even though we, we um, we may try to fight against our conscience. And if you, if you fight against your own conscience, your knower, the thing that God gave you to know what's evil, to know what's wrong, if you fight against that, as it turns out, you can have your conscience seared. 
The word sear uh, makes me think of a ribeye steak first and foremost. Um, but after that, the idea of the searing of the conscience uh, is the idea that when your conscience is seared, you start to lose, lose, uh, lose feeling in your conscience. You, you lose those sensitivities when your conscience has been cauterized, if you would, uh, and seared uh, pretty soon. You, you can't see it. You can't feel that, that what you're doing is evil. And if you keep going, it's a little bit like Romans chapter one, where God says, and so God gave them over to their lusts and their you know, perverted desires and all that stuff. Romans one, over and over, the Lord, Lord gave them over. It's, it's, there's a point where they no longer have that conviction of something that's evil or wrong. And the Bible tells us here, Paul tells young Timothy that in the last days, um, they'll people be departing from the faith. So it's interesting, you might be saying, well, Brad, are we talking about people that were once walking with the Lord or believers who are now not? Um, and then you get into the whole once saved, always saved, can you lose your salvation question, which um, I don't wanna go into all that tonight, but I believe in eternal security, but I also believe that if a person wants to walk away from the Lord, they, they can, and they do. And Paul even talked about those that left the faith uh, that were part of his team. Uh, so there, there is a, the, the, the act of leaving one's faith or walking away that we see even in the Bible. And that's what it says here in the last days, people will walk away. But I would wonder, you know, um, nationally, we used to be considered a nation in God we trust. Uh, this, this was considered a, a Christian nation at one time. So even nationally, you see uh, this sort of scripture coming to fruition in sort of a sad, heartbreaking way. Um, that uh, the, Some, even you might even put in their nations are departing from faith, giving heed to the seducing spirits and what have you. Um, so this idea of a seared conscience. Um, now, um, the, the first reason this happens um, is, uh, you know, you might ask, you know, giving, why, why is uh, the world and why, why is America and why are so many people today um, moving away from the Lord and losing their, their sensitivities and their conscience, their knower, their, their thinker? You know, you might think it's because they've become better educated or more intellectual. We know now more, you hear that from the so-called intellectuals. You know, we know more today about the genetic makeup and we found the genetic code for the gay gene or whatever. And they, they're so proud of themselves and their intellect. Maybe you say that's why they've become seared. Um, is it because of scientific developments that they've figured out and know how to do stuff scientifically or the increase of knowledge, um, you know, which, which uh, brings them to the, the idea of no longer faith. It doesn't really serve them because they have science and what have you. Well, the Bible doesn't say those are the things that uh, sear your conscience. It, it's actually uh, right here, giving heed to, look at it, seducing spirits. It's not just intellectualism, it's, it's the seducing spirit behind intellectualism. Um, I believe one of the greatest um, footholds, if you might say, or strongholds of Satan is in the uh, academic world, uh, all over the world. Those that are so-called, um, you know, uh, br brilliant thinkers and brainiacs and stuff. I, I don't think it's the actual intellectualism that's the problem. There's nothing wrong with being smart or studied or academic. It's, it's, there's a seduction. There's a subtle seduction that takes place in that particular context. And, and the idea is um, they're not giving heed to good intellectual stimulus. They're giving heed to seducing spirit. Satan is behind all this that's going on, I think, that we see. And, and so Paul says, some depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. Now, the word seducing is an interesting uh, Greek word. Um, the, 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 the word used here in the actual text is planos, uh, which means deceitful, 
deceiving or leading astray. But what's interesting is it comes from the, uh, this is the root, comes from the root of this word um, from the, the Greek word uh, planetis, uh, which it's, it's not just that you're deceitful or deceiving, but you're leading someone astray and making them a wanderer or a vagabond. And th- this is where this word, um, the root comes from. So, so when, you, when you would say this word or use this word in the Greek language, you would sort of be meaning uh, a little bit of a combination of both of these definitions. That there's a deceit that makes you to wander like a vagabond. Do you ever feel like um, uh, people's worldview is like a vagabond? where we see intellect and, and what people think about things, how it tends to meander in and out of truths. And, and pretty soon we become so vagrant uh, intellectually um, that, that none of it makes sense. We don't make sense of ourselves. One of the things I love, by the way, about going verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book through the Bible is there's something called expositional constancy that's required. And I love the, the, um, the, the rule uh, as a through the Bible teacher that I have sort of superimposed on me as a, as a Bible teacher. That is, if I'm teaching something from the book of Isaiah today, I also have to teach something from the book of the Gospel of John tomorrow. And as it turns out, it'll be a little weird if those two things conflict one with the an- another. Um, and so what, what's really good about a through the Bible teaching sort of style of ministry, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, every church, uh, is, you know, a church that doesn't do this is a bad church. I'm not saying that. I'm just maybe making the suggestion that we've forsaken through the Bible teaching largely. Um, I don't even know what percentage of churches are going through the Bible, but it's a very small number today. But man, you cover everything. When you cover the whole Bible, um, it's what Paul said in Acts 20, I, I've not shunned to declare unto you the whole or the full counsel of God. And man, if you're gonna teach something one way, then you've gotta make sure it fits with the rest of the Bible. What happens today is that's not required of most Bible teachers, uh, so-called, because they can teach one thing uh, out of their favorite verse today, and then they can hop over to another favorite verse and teach that tomorrow and ignore the other verses that doesn't fit with what they're trying to teach uh, in their current teaching series. Does that make sense? You've got to have that expositional con- constancy. And, and as it turns out, that keeps us, that's our, that's our safety net. Um, it's, it's a nice thing to have the word sort of keep you honest. Uh, and that's one of the things only verse by verse, chapter by chapter teaching really can uh, afford us as a church. And I love that. So seduce, seducing means wandering, roving. It comes from the word vagabond or deceiver um, or seducer. Um, and by the way, Satan is all of those things, isn't he? Um, and, and it says here, they shall give heed to these satanic spirits. Uh, 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 spirits. Now, the reason I bring this up is because this really explains a lot of what we're seeing when people are intellectually and politically worldview wandering in and out of worldviews and being sort of hypocritical even. Uh, that's what our verse even uh, suggests. Let me, let me go over a few instances of that that we're seeing right now um, that I think are kind of important to, just to acknowledge. And it's, again, this could be really troubling on one hand, but it actually is encouraging because this vagrant sort of wandering intellect um, is, is one of the things the Bible says is gonna happen in the last days. Um, one of my uh, probably favorite ones is seeing some of the double standards as it relates to abortion. And uh, our vice president, she's our vice president. And uh, when, when 
when, um, you know, just a couple nights ago, she was hosting this abortion rights group thing. And, um, you know, the, 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 the word came out about the Supreme Court's draft on what's gonna happen with Roe versus Wade. And you know, it was a leaked document. If you aren't, aren't up on the news, it was, it was a big deal, big bombshell dropped uh, on, on Roe versus Wade. Um, and so the world uh, of pro-abortion uh, is, is gone crazy. Um, and they're, they're threatening to you know, pile into churches this weekend and cause disruption. And uh, there's, you know, it, it's really kind of a dastardly group of people around the world that's just arguing tooth and nail. But this was Kamala's statements. And I want you to kind of hear this because I'll kind of show you the double standard. Those Republican leaders who are trying to weaponize the use of the law against women, will we say... How dare they? How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? How dare they? How dare they try to stop her from determining her own future? How dare they try to deny women their rights and their freedoms? Now, uh, just, you know, the Bible says approve the things that are excellent. She, at least she's acknowledging that there are women. I think we have to say something nice about that. Like, a, like that, I'm trying to be nice. I'm being positive. Um, that, that she's acknowledging there are women, as it turns out. We'll talk about that in a second um, uh, when we get to the women's prison. But, um, uh, but all that to say, uh, we, you know, how dare they, uh, you know, what, what an amazing uh, double, triple, quadruple standard when she's, uh, you know, chiding against the conservatives that are, you know, pro-life um, and how dare they. But, but the, here's the double standard. You know, at one minute, she's telling us that we need to have mandated vaccines in our bodies. Um, the same person who's saying, how dare they, you know, mess with a woman's body. And, and you know, our argument is, uh, you know, once a woman starts to carry another person, our, our belief is in the Bible, the Bible teaches this, this is why Christians are kind of at the lead of the pro-life thing is because um, the, the, the baby in the mother's womb, it's not, we don't, we don't see it as they do. And, you know, you can almost give it to them back in 1925 when they didn't know what the fetus, as they call it, really was, but today there's no excuse. We know that there's a little life in there at the earliest stages of conception. And, and at least some are even starting like Texas realizing, man, when there's a heartbeat and when we're starting to realize, oh, that's actually a person and it's a life. And so our view is, um, that's, and by the way, that's one of the beautiful things of motherhood is you're giving up yourself to carry a whole nother person in your body. Like that's an honor and that's a beautiful and amazing thing that God created. But, but selfishly, uh, this, this, our vice president is saying, how dare you tell me what to do with my body? Uh, even if it means the murdering of an innocent little child that cannot protect itself. And it's depending on the mother to be safe. Uh, the, that's the mother's numero uno job is to carry this little uh, life in the mother's womb. And so this is a crazy, you know, double, triple, quadruple standard where um, they, they have all these other views that conflict with this. She's conflicted. Um, she, she retweeted, I noticed this uh, video from uh, the president back, remember when he was mandating everybody to get vaccinated or else you lose your job. Um, this is the, the, just a reminder. I'm announcing that the Department of Labor it's developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees 
that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated or show a negative test at least once a week. Some of the biggest companies are already requiring this. United Airlines, Disney, Tyson's Food, and even Fox News. The bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. I just wanted to have you remember what they were saying. You know, you, you get vaccinated or you lose your job. And, and you know, this, this is um, something that hits really close to home. We had so many countless people here in our, in our fellowship, uh, law enforcement officers, firemen, nurses, doctors, teachers that were being uh, fired uh, because they were unvaccinated. And, um, and, you know, they were saying, hey, we, we should be uh, having our, a right to control what's going in and out of our bodies. Um, you got to love the Babylon Bee. Uh, they, they, uh, they struck again, progressive dust off my body, my choice sign. Uh, she put in storage at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's true. It's, it's one of those um, double, double standards and it's a wandering in, in and out of academic worldview that it just shows massive inconsistency and it's tweaked out. Um, and so with this uh, idea of, of uh, the overturning possibility of Roe versus Wade, and we pray that that uh, happens uh, because that's what needs to happen. Um, man, I could go on and on about that one, about uh, how uh, crazy it is that we've allowed abortion to go unchecked as long as we have. Um, it's amazing how, you know, we've, we've been trying to make the argument intellectually and spiritually in the churches, uh, but with, with uh, sort of reasonable um, demeanor. And they'll always say, well, what about the bombing of the abortion clinics? Uh, you know, like that really happened a lot. You know, that happened way back and there were some crazy people that bombed abortion clinics. But at the same time, you know, we've in great uh, civility have been trying to make our arguments. And now just the breathing of a draft of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, um, the other side is freaking out and wanting to burn it down. One of the commentators said, grab a weapon and go make a difference, you know? And people are saying stuff that's very hostile. Um, uh, as it turns out, speaking of that, there was a map that the other side put out talking about if, what if Roe versus Wade fell? Um, they showed a map that is supposed to freak everybody out. Uh, that if you're wanting to get an abortion, the only states you can do that are the, the what is that, green or blue? Uh, tur turquoise, um, uh, the, the turquoise expanded. Those turquoise states are where you could, you can not only have an abortion, but expanded um, access, um, which is the, the states that are pushing for even further rights, like California that's trying to make the thing where you can actually, you know, they're gonna vote on the idea of uh, a baby, even within 28 days of its being born, you can abort that baby. I mean, they're talking about crazy stuff. Well, those are the, the, the turquoise colors. They, yellow are where, um, uh, you know, um, you're protected. And then the red states, according to the, you know, abortionists, they're the evil states where uh, abortion is not protected and even hostile uh, to, against abortion. And, uh, and I look at this map and I kind of go, boy, that's great. We got some work to do in Washington, Oregon, and California. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, and our, we're in the hostile territory. Uh, they think that's friendly territory. I look at that as hostile. And it's definitely hostile if you're a, a baby that's unborn. Um, did you see Biden made a mistake last week and called uh, um, a fetus an unborn child? 
Uh, and oh man, they had to do some backpedaling on that one. Um, but that's what it is. It's an unborn child. And he was right, which is interesting because in his older age, um, I think he's forgetting that he's, uh, he's actually pro-abortion. It wasn't that long ago. There's videos of Biden out there telling everybody that he was uh, pro-life. Um, if you remember that, if you, if you go back far enough, he was a pro-lifer and he's changed. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Uh, and that's an understatement, but that's what the Bible says. <laughs> about those kind of people. Um, so all that to say, um, uh, well, it, it's, it's, this is an interesting thing. And I, I believe that um, you know, the, the, the line is being drawn um, and abortion is one of those big issues. It's a huge issue um, that is, that's causing great division. And um, <clears throat> while I get excited about the idea of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, I also have to be a realist and understand that that, there's that, that other side, the, the pro-abortion people, um, people like to call it pro-choice. I do not call it pro-choice because the baby has no choice in the matter. Uh, it's a ridiculous uh, uh, brainwashing and um, uh, just a bunch of rhetoric to call it pro-choice. It's actually pro-abortion. Let's, let's call it what it is. But that group is hostile. And uh, if, if the overturning of Roe versus Wade happens, then hold on to your hat because uh, things are gonna get ugly. I, I, I believe that that's what's just gonna happen. Um, so we, we can get excited about the overturning uh, and we should do it. But when it does it, uh, hang on to your hat, let's see what happens. Um, uh, you know, you can see the lines being drawn and even some of the companies. There was an article, a uh, Quartz at Work article these U.S. companies are expanding abortion benefits uh, in light of this, uh, you know, draft that came from, uh, you know, Judge, um, I want to say Scalia, but Alito is uh, actually, um, <laughs> Scalia is in he uh, heaven right now, um, uh, at least we hope. But all that to say, uh, this court's article says, uh, you know, Amazon, uh, uh, um, on May 2nd, they changed Amazon's um, whole plan, they've added an employee benefit that would cover up to $4,000 in expense for traveling out of your state for healthcare, uh, for reproductive rights. Um, and, um, and this news just came days after Amazon told frontline workers that they were no longer eligible for paid sick leave if they tested positive for COVID. The new policy offered up to five days unpaid uh, excused leave. So Amazon will pay for your abortion basically and even your drive time to go from Texas to whatever nearest, you know, how long does it take to drive to Oregon from Texas? Um, that's, Amazon will help you pay for that. Uh, Apple does the same thing and, uh, um, and Citigroup and Levi's and a bunch of these other companies um, are doing this. I could go on and on, the list is long. It's almost like companies are stumbling over themselves to harm the unborn child in our country. That's what it feels like to me. Um, and it's grotesque. But it also reminds me of what Isaiah the prophet said, Isaiah chapter five, um, there in verse 20 and 21, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Um, that's the day we're living where people think they're really smart and they think they're right, but they're calling good evil and evil good. Um, the idea of murdering an unborn child and, and man, it's getting darker. You're, you're, you're hearing more and more interviews from women around the world that are uh, very callous and very brash when it comes to the idea of a, of a, a baby in a mother's womb. 
And you know, not to be vulgar, but we also need to remind ourselves the problem. It didn't start with the idea of uh, you know, abortion. It started with the idea of promiscuous sex. The Bible says we're to abstain and be uh, you know, uh, married to one person. And, and everything outside of marriage that's sexual, anything that's sexual outside of marriage, the Bible calls that fornication. Um, that's sexual immorality. Um, but we started calling evil good. Hey, people are gonna have sex outside of marriage. So that's just the way it is. And it's a good thing. And you gotta try the, your partner on for size before you get married, as we said. Uh, and they experimented and all this stuff. And people thought that was great. But it's just calling good evil and calling evil good. And it all started back then. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're, you'll see people protesting and they're showing hangers and stuff out there and it's just getting more and more vile uh, of what's actually happening. Um, but, but all that to say, this is all part of that vagab- vagabond wandering. One minute they wanna control your body, the next minute they're arguing for the freedom of your body. Um, and it's a, it's a double standard. That's just one example. But if we go back to our text uh, this evening, the first Timothy 4, um, not only does it say the seducing spirits giving heed to those, but also the doctrines of devil. Now the word doctrine, it means a teaching. Did you know the devil teaches? Uh, there's an instruction going on, the teachings of devils. Uh, and you say, well, Brett, you already mentioned that. Uh, colleges and universities and some of our high schools, uh, they're teachings of devils. And I would have to say that's, that's actually true. Um, uh, I believe this is what we're seeing today is people listening to being educated by demonic uh, entities and demonic uh, instruction. Um, and, and we see the fruit of that. You, you wonder where do people get these crazy ideas? Um, and, and they're so crazy, you just kind of think, how could that even be uh, something somebody thinks of? Um, and you have to understand it's the doctrine of devils. It, it shouldn't make sense. We should be sort of aghast um, the state of Oregon has become the joke of the nation. Um, that's why Debbie and I moved here to the Portland area is because we knew it was the front lines. Uh, we really did. Back in 1996, 90, we thought we're moving to the front lines. And while everybody else is moving to Boise and you know, Florida and Texas and North Carolina and all these other places, um, we're staying here because this is where the ba- this is the tip of the spear right here. And, um, and this is where we Christians, man, we should be, we're, we're in the trenches here in Oregon. Uh, and if you're watching from one of those other cushy states, that's great, God bless you. <laughs> I had one guy text me even today. He said, Brett, I was listening to your teaching on Wednesday night, how you know the state of Oregon has no zone for churches. Um, and I forget, I think he's from Kansas and he's, uh, and he's saying in Kansas, there's no zone. You can't build a church. Like, like, like that's, that's just the way it is. Like there's different States where it's the exact opposite, but we're fighting battles here in Oregon. But, um, what do doctrines of devils look like? I'll tell you, it looks like this, uh, uh, the daily signal article, striving for menstrual equity, Oregon puts tampons in men's bathrooms at public schools and colleges. Uh, maybe you saw this. And who's the author of this? Of course, our, our great governor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, according to a new poll, Oregon governor Kate Brown, a Democrat, is officially the least popular governor in America. And considering the law that she just signed, it's not hard to see why, this article says. Thanks to the Menstrual Dignity Act that was just passed, local taxpayers are now on the hook for thousands of new tampon dispensers in boys' bathrooms, elementary, junior high, high school, college. Um, This is the latest madness which affects every public school 
and college in the state, and it's expected to cost $400 a machine. The school custodians aren't the only ones who are upset about it. <laughs> um, uh, you know, th- this, this is where you start going, well, where does this come from? Uh, and it comes from, it's the doctrines of demons. No wonder, I mean, we shouldn't be shocked. Uh, brother, are you calling Kate Brown the devil? Yes. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, sadly, and we need to pray for Kate Brown because she's lost. She really is a lost person. She needs the Lord. She needs to be saved. And, um, and um, she needs to turn to Christ um, and be forgiven and, and have you know, the forgiveness of sin. That's still possible. Uh, so don't forget that. We should be praying for her, for her salvation, uh, but also praying that she's unsuccessful in her objectives now. Um, but it gets even more you know, crazy. Uh, it's not just there, but the Daily Mail article, two inmates at an all-prison, all-women's New Jersey jail are pregnant after both had sex with transgender prisoners. Here's how the article reads. Now listen to how this reads. Two women at New Jersey's only all-women's prison have both fallen pregnant after having sex with transgender inmates. Now, let's break that down just for a second. First of all, it's an all-women's prison. And you know, if our newest Supreme Court justice person couldn't say what a woman was, fortunately our vice president knows what a woman is, at least in the last speech she gave. Um, uh, but it's, it's an interesting thing that um, they're, they're just, they're acting like they're, these are women. And who would have who thought that a woman could have made another woman pregnant? That's the way they're handling this. And they, you know, we've become so open-minded that our brains are falling out. Um, and that's what's happening. So it's an all women's prison, shockingly. Uh, that, and, 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 and both of these women have fallen pregnant. I, I thought that was an interesting choice of words, fallen pregnant. Yeah, that's a contagious uh, condition, that is, that, that pregnancy. Uh, you can catch that if you're not careful. Um, fallen pregnant, like fallen ill, or uh, it, it, people are just so, so crazy. Um, but, um, but what we need to do, and, 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 and it's becoming easier, I have to say, to um, what the Bible says, you know, if these are doctrines of devils, which they are, we should be careful because these are the obvious ones. There's some real obvious ones, uh, you know, th- these two that I just mentioned, uh, Kate Brown's new menstrual, you know, equity act, and then also these uh, transgenders and women's prisons and all this stuff. Um, but but there, it makes you wonder, what are the subtle ones that many people are not seeing? It's easy to see the Kate Brown stuff. It's a little harder to see some of the other nuanced stuff. And, and this is one of the things I wanna remind us as last days believers, as I believe it's very possible that we're living in the last days. What are we supposed to do? Well, if there's doctrines of devils, we're reminded by John in 1 John 4, 1. It says, beloved, believe not every spirit. Why? Because they're teaching doctrines of devils. Believe not every spirit, but try or test the spirits, whether they're of God because many false prophets are come out or gone out into the world. How do you test a, a doctrine of a devil? How do you test, as it says here, you know, um, every spirit? Uh, what's the number one test? The Bible. I love the Bible. Again, a plug for through the Bible, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. Because if you do that, then there's gonna be a lot of things that will not pass the biblical sniff test. Um, I am concerned that the church has gotten so far away from the Bible and a lot of polished topical studies on how to balance your checkbook and be happy in your marriage and be successful and victorious and you know, find the big giant within you and all this stuff that we don't know really what the Bible says so that when these doctrines of devils come, there's a lot of Christians that are being duped and being sucked in because they don't test or try the spirit 
spirits that they're hearing from with the word of God. And thus we're a poorer nation because of it. Um, it's not just there. First Timothy, our, our, um, our text here tonight uh, goes on. Um, and, and there it says this in First uh, Timothy 4, after it says, giving heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. Then it says, speaking lies in hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Uh, lies and hypocrisy. Isn't it funny that the world loves to say, well, the church of Jesus Christ is full of hypocrites. Um, and it's interesting because um, my argument on that is, um, you know, and it has been for years that, um, you know, there are hypocrites in the church, I'll admit. Um, but the reason there's easy to find hypocrites in the church is because at least we have standards. And because we have standards, we fail at those standards sometimes. We say, here's what we wanna do, but sometimes we fail and you can call us hypocrites if you want. And there's probably some truth to that. But I'm noticing that the world is outshining uh, the Christians by far in hypocrisy these days as we're watching what's, uh, what's going on and, and speaking lies. Their lies are hypocritical. Um, and we're seeing that uh, in, a, in an exponential way. One of the things that probably, uh, and you may have not seen it this way, but as a pastor who uh, is a public Bible teacher, who all of our teachings are online, like it's amazing that our teachings are still online. If you ask me, because I have friends who've been canceled and, uh, you know, and all that uh, from YouTube and stuff like that, that have done far less than I have uh, on, on uh, teaching the Bible. But um, one of the things that probably poses the greatest threat to me personally, that's been happening in the last week or two, is the Disinformation Governance Board uh, that was just put, uh, presented by the Biden administration. Um, I, I thought this Wall Street Journal opinion article, pull the plug on the disinformation governance board. This was May 4th, just a couple days ago. Um, uh, um, as it turns out, uh, the one who uh, was in, responsible for this on the Biden administration was Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, um, who told Congress his department is creating a disinformation governance board and that the board's director would be the Wilson Center's former global fellow, Nina Jankowitz, who was soon on display from an earlier TikTok video she made of herself as Mary Poppins singing a song about disinformation. Um, I won't put you through the whole torturous song, but just if you missed it, you gotta see a little bit. of This is the lady who's now in charge of this uh, militant, I mean, this is a, the military-enabled, uh, armor-wearing uh, group, uh, Homeland Security, that's basically, this, this lady is one of the bosses now. Listen to her. ...laundering disinfo, and we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. Oh. Lady, if I'm gonna say something positive, remember, I gotta say something positive. She's, she's got a nice voice. Um... <laughs> I like Mary Poppins better, uh, but, um, <laughs> but uh, it's interesting because this lady, Miss, uh, uh, Miss uh, Jankowitz, uh, she would, like I said, she's on this, uh, she was before um, on this, uh, she was the director of Wilson Center's former global fellow. That's what she was a part of. Um, but um, what's interesting is uh, Mayorkas was on Fox News expressing wide-eyed wonder at the controversy uh, around the disinformation governance board. Um, and um, what, what did George Orwell call this in 1984? Ministry of Truth, that's what it was. And, uh, and people are saying, uh, it kind of feels like the Ministry of Truth in George Orwell's book. And he was shocked to hear that. Uh, um, uh, he said, it's only about disinformation uh, from Russia and China and from Iran and the cartels. And that's what he's saying, that's what he's saying. 
but nobody's believing him because, um, you know, uh, he's been involved with, you know, stopping uh, everything from parents talking at school board meetings. Like that's hardly Russia and China. Um, that's one of the things that this, these guys have been into. In fact, Ms. Jenkowitz defines the national security threat from disinformation. Her definition extends to something called gendered and sexualized disinformation. That was one of her focuses that she even mentioned about this. In fact, you can hear her talk about it uh, in this video here. During the 2020 election, I led a research team that investigated the use of gendered abuse and disinformation to keep women out of public life. We tracked 13 politicians over two months on six social media platforms and found over 330,000 pieces of gendered abuse or disinformation. This is just kind of where this lady's coming from. I'm trying to get you to see that she has a different worldview very much than, than we do. And, and some of the other videos that came out, I couldn't even play because she sings at these other things and uses all kinds of profanities. And she's, she's quite a, um, it, it does seem like she's given in completely to the doctrines of devils and seducing spirits if you watch all the other stuff that I can't show you. Um, she's a very dark, evil person, uh, as it turns out. Um, she, you know, she, she uses this um, term on social media, impacts of gendered and sexualized disinformation. Disinformation, the report that she put out says, involves the spreading of rumors, alleged facts, often of a sexual nature in order to humiliate, discredit, dispower the subjects. Um, now again, we're of course not supporting talking uh, horrible things about people and individuals uh, tearing into people. But, but when it comes to things like, what does the Bible say about homosexuality? Um, this is the kind of stuff that she would just freak out over uh, on social media platforms and what have you. Um, but all that to say, um, when the media in our country's um, you know, this new huge domestic security agency starts tossing around words and phrases like disinformation governance, gendered abuse, misinformation, and false narratives. Um, basically, you can't help but think, wow, are our days numbered as far as what we're able to do, both online or even the, the whole idea of freedom of speech? Um, that's something that's gone out the window. That's, that's one of the things that, you know, I'm so thankful for our founding fathers who were, um, you know, cr um, Christians, uh, and man, I, don't make me go off on, people say they were just a bunch of deists back in those days, totally untrue. Um, you can read all about uh, our founders. There were maybe a couple out of the 50 uh, plus that were, um, that were deists. Uh, the rest of them were Christ-believing Christians. Uh, and George Washington said, uh, even, and I, I'm, um, I should have brought my quotes, but he said, if we take Christ out, our nation's toast. That's basically what he said. Um, and, and he was into that. It wasn't just a deist or whatever. Um, so this lady's singing the Mary Poppins tune. Okay, I, I can't help myself. The Babylon Bee strikes again. These guys are, I have to say, um, did you see this video? This, this, is worth, this is worth a view right here. Welcome to the Ministry of, Tr I mean the Disinformation Governance Board. You've been brought here for the crime of spreading misinformation on the internet. It was a tweet. Tweeting isn't a crime. It is now. You criminal. But everything I said was true. We will tell you what is truth, and you will repeat that truth. Do you understand? All I did was call Rachel Levine a man. He's an adult human male. It's an objectively true statement. <laughs> Winston, every time you lie to me like that, I'm gonna play this song. 
In no. fiction, laundering no. is really no. quite ferocious. <laughs> make it stop, please. That was our executive director, Nina Jankowitz. It's not very pleasant, is it? <laughs> now let's try this again. If the party says that Rachel Levine is a woman, then Rachel Levine is a woman. Now, what gender do you see? Rachel Levine is a man! So you still refuse to speak the truth. <laughs> Let's try something different. What do you see in this picture? Yeah, that's Larry Elder. I love that guy. This is a white supremacist. Tell me you see a white supremacist. What? The dude's black. He's a white supremacist. This is the black face of white supremacy. That doesn't make any sense. It does if we say it does. Please stop, it's terrible. I'd rather listen to you too. Very well. We have other ways of persuading you. <laughs> okay, uh, sorry, I had to, those guys, they, they honestly, through humor, have a way of, of making things uh, uh, actually a lot of sense. Uh, it, it's, it's ridiculous, of course, but not so much ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's becoming almost gulagish what they're doing. But the hypocrisy um, is, is profound. Um, uh, that these people, and this is what Paul says is gonna happen in the latter times. All of this is what we're seeing. Um, hypocrisy is everywhere. I, 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 um, I had to kind of be reminded of other state laws, sea turtle nests protected by state and federal law. If you mess with a turtle egg, um, you could be put in prison and have fines. Uh, in fact, in Florida and other coastal areas, the potential fines uh, um, uh, over $200,000 if you mess with turtle eggs. Uh, meanwhile, you can take a baby from a mother's womb and be celebrated. Um, that just shows the crazy hypocrisy. Uh, the federal law says um, uh, greater protection for the turtle eggs, criminal, criminal penalties as, as severe as $100,000 and a year in prison if you take or harass, harm, pursue, hunt, shoot, kill, wound, or trap, capture any marine, marine turtle turtle nest or the eggs in attempt to engage in such conduct. Now, I like turtles, um, but, I, but, I, but I, I think that uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> those of you who laughed at that, I, I know, you guys, you know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, uh, but, uh, but it's so sad, you know, because I, I like turtles. I, I want them to be healthy and happy, but it's ridiculous for us to act like the, the um, baby in a mother's womb is uh, something we shouldn't care about. It's ridiculous. It's, it's hypocrisy, uh, demonic, devil's doctrines. These are the things, and, and see, instead of freaking out going, oh, this is horrible, we can say it is horrible, but it's exactly what the Lord said would happen. And so we go back to our text here and we kind of finish up on this verse. It, it ends saying, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and then having their conscience seared as with a, a hot iron, that, that conscience. Remember, that's the psycho, psychological faculty that distinguishes between right and wrong or a moral sensitivity. And that's what's happening is a searing of the conscience. And so it shouldn't shock us. I think we as Christians need to maybe get over the shock now. Because when we see the interviewed woman screaming uh, with purple hair on Burnside, screaming at the camera because of uh, my body, my choice and, and insanely screaming, uh, you know, I think we're all just standing around shocked that there's an insane lady screaming. 
But I think we need to maybe stop being shocked and realize that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in dark places. We're seeing demonic stuff happen. And rather than just going, can't believe what a wacko that person is, I think we maybe need to start saying, Lord, um, show us how to do battle, spiritual battle through prayer and through the teaching of the word. The word of God is the sword of the spirit that teaches us and rightly divides the word of truth. This is what we, this is what we should be doing. Um, and it gets crazier and crazier. I mean, the hypocrisy and the seared conscience, it's like our culture is just trying to go crazier and crazier. I could go on and on. The Sun article, um, play away. More couples uh, enjoying open relationships because they're bored with each other. One of the things that's happening in, in the United States is open relationships have soared, uh, according to studies, uh, since the pandemic uh, uh, has been in place. Um, uh, romantic burnout caused by spending too much time together during lockdowns has been blamed for lackluster lovers starting to stray. And then we wonder why this is happening. Guardian article, just a couple days ago, US sexually transmitted infections surged to record high in the t- 2020, um, uh, this study came out. Um, after briefly dropping in the early months of uh, COVID pandemic in 2020, rates of sexually transmitted disease or infections, STIs, then resurged uh, beyond the 2019 levels and finished at a new record high according to the data from the trusted, I put in there, Centers for Disease Control, um, (laughs) the CDC. Uh, Researchers with the CDC said in its report, 2020 sexually transmitted disease surveillance shows how COVID-19 disrupted in-person healthcare and diverted scarce public health resources away from sexually transmitted infections, which have been on the rise for years as reaching a new record. Um, you know, it's interesting because all this to say, you know, we're, we're, we sin and then we have to sin to keep our sin going. You know, so if we're not gonna abstain from premarital sex and we're gonna just sleep around, then we're gonna get pregnant. Oh, so what do we do? Murder the unborn child. Um, and, then, and then because we're so open sexually, we get bored with each other's sex. And so we just said, oh, just sleep with everybody else. And then we wonder why are there all these sexually transmitted disease? It's like uh, sin is bad because it messes you up. One of the things the Bible teaches is that sin is not bad because it's forbidden. It's forbidden because it's bad. And the world has become seared in their conscience. Uh, man, we have to remember what this scripture is telling us. And, and just remember 1 Timothy 4, verses one and two, when it comes to this idea of the spirit of God speaking in late, latter times, that some shall depart from the faith. We're seeing nationally a, a, a falling away. Uh, by the way, 2 Thessalonians chapter two, one of the things it says that's gonna happen is a great, well, the, the, the Greek word apostasia, where there's gonna be a great falling away from faith. And I think we're seeing that nationally. Um, we're seeing people who once even in our, in our lifetime walked as Christians are now walking as what, what really looks more like pagans uh, in all their, their sinfulness. So um, we remember this little verse, uh, you know, 1 Timothy 4 verses one and two as a reminder of the days we're living in. That's part one. <laughs> of our prophecy update. And so I've got to do the second part and shift gears here because there's a few things I wanted to talk about when it comes to the nation Israel. So part two of this Bible prophecy update, and boy, I could have a part three, four, five, and six, but um, I'm just gonna to try to narrow it to this one. But Israel is important. Uh, I've said this over and over again, you know, Jerusalem is the epicenter of Bible prophecy. So I, I feel the need not to just talk about, you know, the, the, what's going on with the worldview and 
the doctrines of demons and seducing spirits, that's a, that's a prophecy end times kind of thing. But knowing what's going on in Jerusalem and what's happening in Israel is an important part because um, it really is the epicenter of Bible prophecy. The Temple Mount, as it turns out, continues to be riddled with violence. Uh, we started talking about that a little bit last time, but the Temple Mount is always kind of the center of what's going on. And you can just sort of see if it's bad on the Temple Mount, it's probably gonna be bad everywhere else. And it's getting worse in Israel. Um, that's the really bad news. And I'm sad for the knives and the people being shot. It's horrible. But I do have to say, it might cheapen our trips to Israel. It gets more affordable and tourism goes down and it might be an open door for us to go over there. Uh, and uh, so I'm, I'm looking into that right now, actually. I, I'm not joking. Uh, I'm actually serious about that. Um, but, uh, but as it turns out, like the Washington Post article, uh, three people killed in an, a- an ax attack. This was just a couple days ago. Uh, near Tel Aviv, Israeli medics say. Uh, In Jerusalem, excuse me, um, in Jerusalem, at least three people were killed, several others injured during a suspected terrorist attack uh, in an ultra-Orthodox community near Tel Aviv on Thursday evening. According to Israeli uh, public safety officials, marring the country's annual Independence Day celebrations there on May 5th, Um, And the attacks were uh, the latest in a recent string of deadly uh, assaults on civilians. And by the way, you say, well, Brett, that's just a couple people killed, uh, three people and seven people wounded. But the reason I show you this one, this one was just from like within the last 24 hours, but this has been happening over and over and over again uh, in in Israel. We're seeing, you know, and and, um, we're not seeing like the bombed buses that we saw in the the first and second Intifada wars there in Jerusalem. Um, And the reason why we're not seeing the bombs as much is because they've secured the the, uh, Jerusalem with the wall. The wall keeps the bombers out and the security there, but uh, you can't keep people without hatchets and cars and knives and other things that they're using. Um, But we're seeing that sort of on an uptick there in Jerusalem. And it's really kind of a sad thing to see people being killed uh, in Jerusalem. Um, And the reason all this is happening, there's the Temple Mount um, and the Muslims on Ramadan, you know, uh, uh, basically taking over. Now, by the way, um, you know, we gotta remember what the Bible says about Jerusalem. This is why Bible prophecy is so important. Uh, when it comes to Israel. For the Lord hath chosen Zion. Um, Now Zion is just another biblical name for Jerusalem. Um, Mount Zion is the Temple Mount. So Jerusalem, you know, in the time of David was just on the the, uh, southern side of the Temple Mount. That was the city of David. But then when Solomon built the temple, he went to the highest section of Jerusalem there uh, in that area and built the Temple Mount, which became major part of Jerusalem during the Solomon era. Um, so when that happened, it's, it's, uh, it was really a fulfilling of prophecy when the Temple Mount was put right there on Mount Zion. Mount Zion was famous, not only called Mount Zion, it was also called Mount Moriah. There in Genesis, remember when Abraham took Isaac up on Mount Moriah, this was before Jerusalem was even there. And he took him right there to the Temple Mount, was gonna sacrifice Isaac, right where the Temple Mount would eventually set, you know, a thousand years later. But all that to say, it's an important place in the world. You, you get a sense of that. Um, I, I, I'm saddened because all of our Israel trips, I can't say we've all been on the Temple Mount uh, because sometimes for no reason, they'll just shut it down. And um, it's because of the Muslims and unrest and rocks being thrown. Um, was anybody there? Which one of you guys were there? Remember when we had a little miniature uprising when we were on the Temple Mount? Were any of you guys there with me on that particular one? Oh yes, Debbie, my wife was there. 
Any, anybody else? No? Oh, you were with us. Yeah, that's right. Um, we, we were up there, you know, and you, you know, they don't let you carry a Bible. You can't say a prayer. You, don't, you shouldn't even be talking about anything from the Old Testament Hebrew Bible or else you'll get in big trouble. Um, and Debbie and I just kind of have a natural tendency to kind of hold each other's hands. And I remember what happened to us. We were holding each other's hands. This Muslim guy ran up and whacked our hands apart from each other because there can't be any public. Now, I gotta say, uh, I have a reaction thing that I was a little worried about because I tend to just kind of, if somebody does that, I kind of, like, it's just kind of a, you know, uh, response, but but I didn't do that. Thank the Lord, uh, because they, they outnumbered us by a lot. Um, but it was during that visit we were there, just um, you know, trying to see the Temple Mount, and and eventually the Muslims started kind of gathering around, and then they all started yelling at us, and and then they started chanting Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, and you know, even our tour guide Steve's got, uh, we should probably leave now. Like uh, everyone and the police, the you know, uh, now you say what's going on? The Temple Mount is controlled by um, the uh, Waft. Uh, they're the, the Jordanian Arabs that control the Temple Mount. Um, in my humble opinion, the Jews should control the Temple Mount because the Lord says it's mine. For the Lord hath chosen Zion. He hath desired it for his habitation. Psalm 132, verses 13 and 14. This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. The Lord says, I'm, I want Mount Zion. I want the Temple Mount. And it's gonna be the Lord's, whether the Muslims want it or not. But what's gonna happen here for that to happen, the Temple Mount has to kind of be destroyed and it's gotta be in, it's gonna be in some trouble. And so we're seeing the unrest, which is part of fulfilling of prophecy. Um, the temp, Temple Mount has the Al-Aqsa Mosque on there. Uh, and that's, that's the you know, Muslim's third most holy site in all of Islam. But for the Jews, it's the first most holy site, the Temple Mount. Um, so what's been happening, uh, part of the unrest is a bunch of Jews have been going to the Temple Mount to pray. Now they, they have certain times during the week they can go and pray up there, but it's, it's real tenuous to say the least. But they've been showing up in large numbers, like a thousand Jews will say, we're going, they'll kind of call each other, text each other, hey, let's all go to the Temple Mount. And so they're in large numbers coming to the Temple Mount and the Muslims hate that. And it causes them to throw rocks. And boy, there's articles about Muslims tearing apart the Jewish relics of the, of the um, Solomon era temple. Things that like, you know, like the ISIS was destroying all these, uh, the uh, Arch de Triumph kind of thing in, in, um, in Iraq and, and other places. The, the, the Palestinian Arabs are destroying some of the Temple Mount uh, archeological things and they're using them to throw at the Jews. They're throwing at Jews like ancient stones and rocks that were part of the Temple Mount periods and what have you, but it's all huge unrest there. Um, so um, how do you think our administration is handling it. If you were with the previous administration, um, we were saying the Jews have a right to exist as a nation. They have a right to worship on the Temple Mount. Um, the latest administration, well, this is what Jewish News Syndicate article said, Biden warns Israel against freedom of worship. Um, <laughs> uh, can you believe that language right there? Um, Biden never ceases to amaze me on his choice of words. Uh, but he's basically saying, you guys should not have freedom of worship. He's telling the Jews this about their country, about the Temple Mount that has been their holiest site for thousands and thousands of years. And to me, that's pretty arrogant for the White House to say this. In fact, this article says, in it's 2022, the White House is warning the Jews that their prayers are provocative. The historic, historic uh, status quo, Biden demands, that the Jews comply with the... Um, 
with um, uh, his view um, only because Muslim conquest deprived non-Muslim minorities, especially Jews, of the right to pray at their holy sites. That, uh, he says that's like telling black people riding in the back of the buses in Alabama um, to accept the historic status quo. This article of the Jews here is saying, um, why would you tell black people in the deep South of America, these are Jews saying this, um, would you tell them to go sit in the back of the bus again? Um, or, um, Or urging Ukraine to accept a historic status quo in which is ruled by Moscow. Um, or suggesting that Washington, D.C. should take orders from Queen Elizabeth. Like this article goes on and on saying, Americans, you guys are hypocrites to tell Jews that they shouldn't be worshiping on their own Temple Mount. Um, One of the big things we should be watching um, is what the Biden administration does concerning Israel. And I'm I'm concerned because this summer he plans to visit Jerusalem. And uh, that's something that we should all be praying about because um, this is exactly the kind of thing that can ruin the United States. You know, we, we worry about inflation. We worry about, you know, the moral failures and moral decline in America. All those things are true. But one of the things that I've observed in my lifetime is when America goes against Israel, we end up with all kinds of trouble. Um, and, um, and it's a spiritually, um, I, I don't know the right word, but kind of a miraculous sort of uh, leveled um, justice that God imposes on those who oppose Israel. You know, we think we're all, you know, it's all about America, but the Lord in his word says, no, it's all about Jerusalem and the Jews. And any country that messes with my people, well, what does it say? Zechariah chapter 12, verse three. Um, and in that day, will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth shall be gathered together against it. And man, Biden jumps right on with the global sort of uh, uh, marching band against Jerusalem and against the Jews. It's really sad. You know, the the Obama administration was hostile to Israel, but the uh, Biden administration is following suit same way. And, you know, Genesis, the the opposite is true as well. Genesis 12, three, I will bless them that bless thee, that is Abraham and his people, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. This is the promise uh, of, of the Bible. So the Heretz article, violent clashes erupt on Alaska Mosque uh, on the last Friday of Ramadan. Um, boy, and they've just had all kinds of trouble. The Jews are using uh, various uh, methods. They dropped uh, canisters of tear gas with this drone uh, to break up. Uh, the problem with this, when I saw this, uh, them break up, um, anybody can go to Costco and get a drone and rig it up to where they can drop tear gas wherever they want. Like this is giving uh, Portland Antifa good ideas, um, which is uh, unfortunate. But uh, th- this is a way to disperse a crowd as it turns out. Um, so the Palestinians throw rocks at the Western Wall uh, as Israel police uh, enter the Temple Mount compound. So while the, the Arabs control the Temple Mount, the Israeli police can go up there and keep law and order. So they're the ones who kind of try to keep law and order, but it's still the Muslims that can control it. It's such a weird um, existence that when you go to the Temple Mount, it's hard to even uh, frame to, for us to understand it. Um, so we continue to watch the dramatic relationship uh, between uh, Israel and the United States 
and our treating of Jerusalem and Israel, but maybe more importantly, as far as Bible prophecy goes, the relationship between Russia and Israel is noteworthy too. And I'm not gonna go into Ezekiel 38, 39, the Gog, Magog invasion, but uh, the Bible says at some point, a leader from Russia will come down like a bear with a hook in her jaw to come down and attack Israel. And uh, we've never seen a time in history where that seemed even likely until the, I'm gonna say the last 10 years, but maybe even no more than today. Like the news that we're seeing today, we can see Russia light up immediately and turn against Israel. It's almost happened. They've been on the cusp a couple times, even the last week. You should be watching this. Uh, the Jerusalem Post article, Russia, Israel tensions will continue to mount, um, Russian esper- experts say. Um, uh, this article says, after Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov made statements about Hitler's Jewish blood. Do you think those are inflammatory words right there? That Hitler was a Jew? Um, and blamed the Jews for being the, the, the worst anti-Semites in the world. This is what the Russian uh, minister, uh, foreign minister said, Sergei Lavrov said, uh, the Jews are the worst anti-Semites in the world. The verbal and written exchange between Israel and Russia quickly escalated. So if you were watching that this week, some of us were kind of like, is this it? Because it, it got really heated. You're kind of like, is this, is this the Gog Mega? Is, is, is Putin gonna invade Israel? because um, he's got a ton of soldiers. Uh, I talked about this a few weeks ago at, in one of our services, but um, Russia was sending soldiers to, the, uh, to Syria um, by, in the droves uh, on Turkish airlines. And remember uh, Erdogan and, the, and the, the Turkey started banning Russia from being able to send their troops from you know, Russia down to uh, the northern border of Israel in, in Syria. Now, why is Russia, um, bringing soldiers to the northern border of Israel while they have a war that they seem to be sort of losing uh, in the Ukraine. And by the way, um, uh, there's so much about the Ukrainian conflict that I could talk about, but there's a couple reasons I don't want to. Uh, One is it doesn't really factor into Bible prophecy as much. Two, um, and don't send me a bunch of stuff. I got a bunch of Russian and Ukrainian friends sending me gobs and gobs of articles, videos, news items, family stories from both sides. And I'm getting flooded with information. Um, and so it's not for lack of studying that I avoid the topic, but it's for the lack of really understanding what's really going on, even though I've made a real study of it. And uh, I, it's, it's one of those things where as a pastor with a church with a lot of Russians and a lot of Ukrainians, I'm more interested at this point in saying war is ugly um, and I hate that people are dying and we need to be uh, caring more about uh, at this point, loving one another and trying to treat each other as brothers and sisters. Like I'm more concerned about that right now than trying to figure out the Russian-Ukrainian conflict. Uh, uh, and, and, it's, 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 and forgive me if you're a Ukrainian saying, Pastor, but that's irresponsible. You should be telling everybody Putin is the antichrist and all this stuff. Uh, and then my uh, the, my Russian friends are saying, no, 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 it's not the Ukrainians and the uh, you know the Nazis and blah blah blah, and, and everybody's like, no, no, that's not true, that's a lie, and people are yelling back and forth, and I understand the passion because people are dying, that's the problem, literal people are dying because of this conflict. Um, so it's not that I'm ignoring it purposefully, just because uh, it's, one is it's not a Bible prophecy thing as much. Uh, and tell me if I'm wrong on that one, write me a, a note or tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't see that as much. Now, what Russia does and its uh, desire to attack another nation, uh, specifically Israel, 
That's when the Bible prophecy starts lighting up. And so this conflict with Ukraine does factor in because Putin seems to be in a really huge, weird predicament. Was he miscalculating or was he knowing exactly what he's doing? Um, uh, He's threatening nuclear war. Uh, What's interesting about this is he's threatening to use nukes against nations that are not friendly to Russia, not just Ukrainians. And so this issue of Israel with Russia threatening to use nuclear weapons, that fits the Gog-Magog invasion of Ezekiel 38 and 39, um, because nuclear weapons will be used. We talked about that a few um, prophecy updates ago. So all that to say, be praying for Ukraine and praying for all the people involved. Uh, It's a horrible situation, but Russia is sort of this bear that's cornered right now, cornered bear. And is this part of the hook? That's the question I would raise. Um, But the prime minister, Naftali Bennett of Israel um, and President uh, Isaac Herzog, foreign minister Yair Lapid and the Yad Vashem museum head, uh, Danny Dayan, uh, and many Israeli political and civil society leaders expressed outrage at Lavrov's words, even as Russian foreign minister kept pouring oil on the fire <clears throat> and saying insulting statements about Israel <clears throat> supporting neo-Nazis in Ukraine and Israeli mercenaries fighting with Azov battalion. Um, and that's that whole uh, you know, side that you, you know, some people are saying, well, it's all you know, Russian propaganda. Um, and, uh, um, but what, whatever you think about this, these are inflammatory words. They're turning on Israel which is interesting. Um, Russian President Vladimir Putin, who for years maintained close ties with Israel during the time of Netanyahu, um, uh, hasn't yet reached out uh, since this article, hadn't reached out uh, about this thing. Now, uh, later, uh, BBC article, um, the Jews claim Putin was sorry for Lavrov's claim uh, Hitler was part Jewish. Uh, and the Israeli prime minister made this claim. Uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin has apologized uh, for his uh, foreign minister uh, saying that uh, uh, a Nazi leader, Adolf Hitler, had Jewish blood. Mr. Putin made the apology in a call with Israel, um, but Russia has not uh, confirmed (laughs) his apology. Uh, Sergei Lavrov made the initial comments to try to justify Russia's portrayal of Ukraine as Nazi, despite the fact that his president is Jewish. Um, so there's an interesting bit of turmoil um, that, is, that is coming from the Russian-Ukrainian conflict, but it's bleeding into Israel. And to, to make matters even more inflammatory, J Post article, senior Hamas leaders uh, went to uh, Moscow to speak with Russian officials. Um, a delegation of senior Hamas leaders went to Moscow uh, to meet with Russian officials to discuss the situation in Jerusalem amid tensions surrounding Alaska Mosque and the Temple Mount. Doesn't Russia have enough to do right now than to be meddling in Jerusalem and its affairs on the Temple Mount? Why would Russia care about the Temple Mount? And why would Ma- Hamas uh, be interested in this? Well, as it turns out, um, Hamas, uh, it could just be more fuel to the fire and more of a hook to be set in uh, Russia to bring them down for the Gog Magog invasion. Watch that, watch Moscow, the way Putin is talking and interacting with Jerusalem and Israel and Naftali Bennett. Right now, the stage is set for conflict and um, Israel's tried to ride the fence with this whole Ukrainian uh, Russian 
uh, conflict, but it's, it's definitely tilting where Russia's uh, treating Israel with contempt. And I can talk about the church that Russia claims is sovereign Russian soil in Israel. And they're sort of you know, bullying the Jews saying, this is our sovereign soil in Israel, a church that uh, they claim to be Russian. And it's just causing more and more conflict. You say, okay, Brett, so the Gog Magog thing, what does that have to do with Bible prophecy? Well, it is Bible prophecy, but it also uh, is gonna be an event that will happen somewhere around the rapture of the church. So we're not only seeing all the other signs of the times that are all over the world, and I've only talked about a few of them tonight. There's hundreds of signs of the times, <clears throat> but we're seeing the, the, the seared conscience sign of the times we talked about in the first half, but we're also seeing the posturing ever uh, more clear for the Gog-Magog invasion, which in my mind brings us closer to the rapture of the church. It's very possible. We could be seeing that. Well, what if it's not, Brett? Then guess what? We're living our lives with the expectation of the rapture of the church, which is how we're supposed to live, even if it doesn't happen in our lifetime. Um, uh, but remember what the Bible says, Jesus said in Luke 21, 28, and when these things begin to come to pass, um, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. This is what we as Christians do. We don't look out at the news and get all stressed out. We see the news and then what do we do? We look up and we remember it's Christ who's coming. And it's something that we should be excited about. And there's real hope there. In fact, I love what 1 John 3 says in verses one through three, it says, behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. In other words, you know, we have a different worldview. No wonder they hate us. Um, they hated Jesus. Don't be shocked as a Christian if you're hated. Uh, it says they didn't know him, uh, so they don't know us. But then it says, verse two, beloved, now we are the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Boy, I look forward to that day. And verse three, every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. The hope of the second coming of Christ, the rapture of the church, the second coming, the marriage feast of the lamb, the hope that we have, there's a hope that you and I have as Christians. It says, and every man that hath this hope in him, that is in Christ, what happens? We, there's a purifying effect. You and I, as we live in these last days, it should purify our behavior. So rather than get caving into the seduction of demonic teaching and you know all the stuff that's going on, rather than giving in and acquiescing we should find ourselves being purified in these dark days, hungering and thirsting after righteousness, not a day to mess around. We believe that we're living in the last days. So um, if that's true, we should be praying, fasting. We should be going to church. We should be reading our Bibles. We should be discipling and sharing the word of God and giving the gospel to people because there are so many lost people in this world. We've got work to do in these days. And there's a purifying effect on the church when we get it when we get that the second coming is soon. And if we have that hope, the hope in Christ, we find ourselves purified. Um, that's the glorious part of this whole thing. It's not doom and gloom, it's boom and zoom. His appearance, uh, his appearance when we get to be with him. Amen? Amen. Lord, we are thankful tonight for your word. Once again, um, as we see these signs of the times, rather than getting upset about those things, I pray that we would have the proper response for we know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, 
um, but spiritual to the tearing down of strongholds. And we see the strongholds and the fortresses that have been put in there by the enemy in our culture, in our worldview, in so much of what's going on in this country. And I pray that you'd show us as Christians how to be salt and light in this dark world, even in these last days that we seem to be living in. So may, may our light shine before all men, give us the hope of your return and that hope then purifying us as we walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.